Hey, Chicago Fire fans and Major League Soccer fans, welcome back to another episode of Feed the Fire, a Chicago Fire podcast. I am your host, Nick, and as always, we are brought to you by Skira Icelandic Spring Water, and man, I could use a bottle of Skira right now. Congratulations to Kate and Ted on your wedding last night. Had a wonderful time, and that is why listeners, viewers, and fans, we've got our Saturday morning special here for you. July 1st, the day the Chicago Fire traveled down to Orlando City to hopefully keep that win streak alive. They have two straight road wins, which is huge, first of all. I think the last time they won back-to-back road wins in consecutive weeks was like seven, eight years ago or something like that. So this is a real, real big stretch of games here for the Chicago Fire, especially as they look to climb up out of that 12th place in the Eastern Conference standings, but I did see a note online that said the Chicago Fire have only beaten one team who is above the playoff line so far this season, and Orlando City is actually, uh, I think, seventh place right now, so yeah, the Chicago Fire have their work cut out for them going to a very, very respectable Orlando City team. We're going to dive into a little bit of this Orlando City preview, and then we're going to look at a few different MLS moves that are occurring this summer transfer window, as well as give you a couple other notable matches to watch over the course of this day. So let's get right into it. The Fire are down in Orlando City, 6.30 p.m. tonight on Apple TV. Free game. It is in front of the paywall, so enjoy it, all fans. And again, the story is, can they keep this streak going? I don't think they can, and let me tell you why. And I don't mind spoiling it up front. That's the lawyer in me. Lead with your conclusion and then give them your supporting arguments. So here we go. The Fire, I I don't see them as a team that can win three games in a row, let alone get a three-game point streak, right? Uh, The Timbers were banged up. SKC, I don't think, played their strongest lineup. You saw Peter Vermees on the sideline of that game. It's not like he was screaming and yelling and into it and really upset that things aren't going their way or that his team wasn't playing as well as they had been, which, by the way, Alan Polito was named Player of the Month. How are you Player of the Month if you can't score a goal against the Fire? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I don't think it continues. I think there was a lot that really went the Fire's way that went right in those last couple games, and I don't think it's going to continue against Orlando City. Again, Orlando City is sitting in 7th on 28 points. The Fire are in 12th with 23 points. And I don't want to hear the, oh, if only 5 points separates them, they can make that up. They'll get in the playoffs. Yeah, well, can they? they got to play the games. And they haven't been winning, like we said, games against teams above the playoff line. So good luck making that jump. Orlando has 7 wins, 5 losses, 7 draws, 25 goals for, and 22 goals against. So pretty... Pretty even there, pretty level, pretty average when it comes to their record and their goal scoring versus their goals allowed. Orlando's about as good as home at home as they are on the road. It's not like we've seen some teams who they they win all their home games and then go and draw and lose on the road. Uh, So there's no real home field advantage if you want to look at their record home versus away. And if you look at the website fbref.com, You look at all the statistics for all the teams throughout the league. Orlando is pretty much middle of the pack in everything, whether it's shooting, scoring, shot creation, whether it's defensive actions, goalkeeping, passing, 
things of that nature. They're, you know, anywhere between like ninth and 20th, you know, they're right in the middle, which again, which tracks given their record and their points and their goal scoring. Recent form though, Orlando's got two wins, two draws and a loss in their last five matches. But the big news I think that's really going to come bear on this game is they're getting three starters back from international duty. You're getting goalkeeper Pedro Gallese and Wilder Cartagena back from their time with Peru. And they're getting attacker Facundo Torres back from his time with Uruguay. So you have three starters now who are coming in who are flying high from their international performances. Now, I can't say that those squads necessarily did well and got results, but these are three players playing confidently to have these international call-ups. We're going to bring that back to their club team. Additionally, now you're going to start to see Orlando City be able to flex a little bit of its depth, that you've got three starters coming in, pushing three guys back down to the bench who have been getting minutes, and they'll be able to come in as subs late in the game and, again, also feel confident. So I think that really favors Orlando City in this matchup, where the Chicago Fire have struggled with depth throughout this season. Now let's take a look a little bit how Orlando wants to play. In their last match, a 0-0 draw at Seattle, good result. Anytime you can take a point in Seattle, you do so, and you and you take it thankfully. They lined up in a 4-2-3-1 formation, and they've done that the last several games. Uh, up front, they started with Duncan McGuire, though they have Ersan Kara, the Turkish striker, who has been doing okay in MLS. I think they expected a lot more out of him. Uh, and that's why Duncan McGuire ended up getting that starting spot. But he he has found the back of the net. But McGuire, also an extremely competent striker and a rising rising star, some would say. So he is dangerous. you got to keep an eye on him. They had Facundo Torres as their central midfielder. And then on the wings, Angulo and Oyeda. Their defensive midfielders, uh, Wilder Cartagena and Aralo. Uh, and again, these guys did come back from, an, it looks like they were back from international duty prior to that Seattle game. Uh, so whatever that Orlando City reporter was putting in her updates, we'll have to, I'll just have to take that with, for what it is. Um, along the back line, they have Santos, Jansen, Antonio Carlos, and Halliday as their defenders. We all know uh, Robert Jansen, Jansen, Jansen. I'm pronouncing it wrong. My apologies uh, to Jansen. Um He's he's a standout on the defensive line for Orlando City. He's a huge physical presence, whether it's in the air or whether it's on, on set pieces. Um, he controls that midfield. Now, I don't know too much about Santos and Halliday, um, but again, if you're starting for a team that's above the playoff line, uh, you're at least competent defenders. And given it's a 4-2-3-1, I fully expect those wingers to be pushing upfield, and I fully expect... Torres, Angulo, Oyeda to run counterattacks. We've seen that in the past, and we've seen that's when Orlando City is most effective, is when Facundo Torres can pick the ball up, drive it forward, and attack the opposing defense. And unfortunately, that's when the Chicago Fire defense is at its worst transition defense. When, when they have players driving at them, when they're scrambling to find their positions, that is when they're they're at their worst. Additionally, the Chicago Fire, for their own offensive efforts, have to be very careful that they don't get caught into situations where you have Miguel Navarro and Arno Suke 
presumably your starters as your wingbacks, as your outside backs, both pushing up field to try and generate that offense. Again, assuming they go back to a 4-2-3-1, and I think Frank Klopas should go back to a 4-2-3-1 because we've seen the three center back, the three back line, three man back line not working for them in, in many different ways. Um, but if you have your outside backs as the fire pushing forward and getting into the offense, you can't have them both push forward at the same time because then you lose the ability to defend the counterattack. When you have Facundo Torres and Duck McGuire running at you and all you have in the back line is Chihos. I don't know if Toronto will get a start. He did, I think, get some token minutes in the last match. But if you're running at Chihos and the other center back, or if you're running at Chihos and one other defender, um, that favors the offense. And, and that's not a knock on Chihos because he is a very good defender. But just when you have to backpedal like that, you put yourself at a disadvantage. When it's when it's 2v2 or 2 on one to me, that should always favor the attacking players. They should be able to take advantage of, of that kind of numbers matchup. And for a player of Facundo Torres' skill and ability, it should absolutely favor Orlando City if he's getting into open space and running at you. So that is something that the Fire have to be very, very cognizant of. This can't be a game where we see Gaston Jimenez putting in a token effort and just kind of swinging his arms and, and trying to make it look like he's jogging back into position. He has to have a solid game. Whoever the other defensive mid is has to have a solid game. I hope it's Fetty Navarro. I hope he is 100% and ready to go. Um, I think he was held out of training a few days back and and or didn't play in their last match. Um we got to keep an eye on, on the injury bug in midfield. Maybe that's part of the reason they signed Usman Dumbia uh, in order to come and shore that up. We won't get into that signing anymore. We all know that it was just kind of a stopgap band-aid type of signing for the rest of the season. And we'll see what happens to Dumbia as far as the Chicago fire relationship next year. Uh, but yeah, so that is where the fire I think have to be most careful is making sure they maintain their, defensive shape, maintain their defensive midfield, uh, that no one gets caught out of position and they're vulnerable on a counterattack and stuck in transition defense. Now, where I think the fire can take advantage is just that exact same thing, right? I think that you're going to see two teams who want to run up the wings and want to attack and counterattack. And it's going to be interesting to see how this game flows if anyone actually wants to sit and have possession at all. We've seen with Shakiri, he likes to play quick balls forward. I would love to see Kutsius get the start in this match. It would be difficult, I think, to start Kai Kamara and have him play extended minutes in a game in Orlando in July. That would be tough. But, hey, you know what? I bet Frank Lopez does it because he's just going to, you know, that's what he's going to do. Or unless he wants to start Shabilko, which, again, I, I wish we don't start Shabilko ever again. And I think Fire fans can relate to that. So I would love to see Kutsia start. I would love to see Shakiri and Kutsia build a bit of a rapport and have Shakiri look to find those first-time balls through balls over the top, get it right to Kutsia as our striker. Um, if Kutsia ends up playing on the wing uh, with Kamara as a striker, which I don't believe will happen. I believe there's too many other midfielders. But we've seen that kind of happen in late-game situations if the Chicago Fire have a lead or are trying to preserve a draw. Uh, especially on the road in Orlando, that you'll see Kutsias come in with some fresh legs and play out on the wing, and then you'll see Shabilko come in for Kai and be kind of the, the lone guy up top as an outlet. Um, I, I, again, I don't think that's the way that you should play, but that's the way Klopas has been playing it. 
Um, we'll see what happens with the striker situation, but that is how the fire can take advantage of Orlando City. Through balls, balls over the top, get get quick attacks going. With Shakiri looking for the strikers and looking for the wingers very quickly out of the midfield. And then if not, get the ball to Gutierrez and allow him to drive forward. Gutierrez is still developing. I don't think he has the skill set to take on two and three defenders at a time. But what he can do and what he's done is he can either get past that first defender using either his body to outposition them or even take them on the dribble. Um, but what we've seen him do is he he absorbs pressure really well. He draws in two or three defenders at times and can find the right pass, either laying it off to Jairo Torres, finding a striker, finding Herbers. Gosh, is, is Ferber's going to continue his goal-scoring streak? That would be probably the most shocking thing. I wonder what the betting odds are for Fabian Herbers to get a goal today. He's got one in the last two games. Who'd have thought Fabian Herbers to try and help save the season in the second half here with a couple of goals at Portland and at Kansas City? Never would have crossed my mind, that's for sure. But Gutierrez does have the ability to draw defenders in and then find the open man, whether that is for a shot or whether that is to set up either Jairo Torres, Miguel Navarro, or someone to cross the ball in. On the other side of the field, if Arno Suke and Marin Haile Selassie can continue to build their relationship, they have shown moments where the two of them can work a really good one-two combination up the right wing and then get Selassie into uh, the space is either in the corner or in a one-on-one -on -one position. And he's confident enough where he will try to take on a defender one-on-one. -on -one, or if he has the space, he will get a cross in, hopefully to the on-rushing Kai Kamara, Yogos Kutsias, or whoever else it is coming into the box. So we'll see if if those relationships, if that wing play or that quick counterattacking will be able to catch Orlando City off guard to the fire's benefit. All right, let's get into some of the trivia odds and predictions of the match. A little trivia from MLSsoccer.com. Four different Orlando City players have scored at least four times this season, led by Duncan McGuire's six goals, tied with Real Salt Lake for the most players with four or more goals this season. So Orlando City, I guess you could say they're doing it by committee. They don't have that one guy who's scoring all for them, who's the focal point of their attack. And this is reflective of a counterattacking style, right? Like whoever's around, when you get the ball, just go forward. And that is how Orlando City has managed to stay above the playoff line. Everyone's pitching in. Speaking of goal scorers here, now for Chicago, Kai Kamara has scored nine goals in 12 matches against Orlando City in his MLS career. Only Ignacio Piatti, with 10 goals, has scored more against Orlando in MLS, while Kai Kamara has scored more against only three teams, Chicago 13, Montreal 11, New England 11. So yeah, Kai Kamara like scoring against Orlando City, and, and I wonder if that's why the fire signed him, because they just want needed him to stop scoring goals against him. Kind of the Corey Burke treatment kind of thing, right? All right, so that's some of the trivia. Looking at the betting odds over at BetMGM, Orlando City are the favorites, the home team favorites. They are at minus 130. So if you bet 100, uh, I'm sorry, you have to bet 130 bucks to earn a 100 on Orlando City here. And we've seen this with MLS teams with the betting odds that just because you're the home team, you are going to be the slight favorite. So there might they are slightly favored here. And that might be the home team bump. That might be the fact that uh Chicago is now playing three away games within 
uh, a week and a half span, two week span that maybe just, you know, Orlando's the better team at this point. But look at the draw and the Chicago win. The draw is at plus 270. So bet 100, win 270. And the fire are at plus 310. So if Orlando is only this slight favorite, and the fire are huge underdogs, but about the same as the draw. There may be a value play here if if you look for value in your betting. If you just want to pick winners and losers, great. I would I would bet on Orlando City on that. But if if you're someone who's very much into uh, strategic investing in the sports market, I will say uh, this might be the opportunity if you've spread some money around the league to throw a few bucks on a draw, maybe, um, and then go ahead and see if you can't get a little value on that. Uh, the goal over and under is set at 2.5. Um, I think that goes over. And for my pick, I think it is a 2-1 victory for Orlando City, for the home team. I don't think the Fire have it in them to win three in a row or to take points in three straight games. This isn't the, the beginning of the season. They have looked like a different team. Uh, and I'll say, yeah, they've looked like a different team against Kansas City and Portland, but I just don't think that they can keep it going. I, I mean, I'll trust Frank Klopas enough to just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, but I just don't trust the players enough. And like we mentioned at the beginning, they're finally playing a very competent, dare I say, good Orlando city team who has get, who's gotten guys back from international duty and who is above the playoff line. Not a, not a combination that the Chicago fire have dealt with. And I think this counterattack from Orlando city is going to keep Chicago on their heels. So that is my pick two one to Orlando city. With that, I want to remind everyone that feed the fire is brought to you by Skira Icelandic spring water, Icelandic for clear Skira comes from a spring in a government protected nature preserve in Iceland with naturally low mineral content. This isn't your average water. Clearly, pun intended. It's one of the best. Thank you again to our sponsor, Skira, available at your local 7-Eleven. Now, a little bit of MLS news. We are in the summer transfer window. It is July, so we are seeing some moves being made by teams. So just to quickly keep you all up to date on that, uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps have signed forward Levante Johnson from their MLS Next Pro team. So trying to add a little bit more offensive firepower there in Vancouver. The Galaxy have waived center back Sega Koulibaly, uh, someone who just did not live up to expectations in L.A., and we know that they have had a lot of expectations and a lot of missed expectations to the point where the fans uh, pretty much forced out some executives there. Other news, Minnesota United signed Emmanuel Iwe from MLS Next Pro. He's a midfielder, so they're adding to their depth looking for uh, some depth pieces as the second half of the season begins. The Timbers have signed center back Miguel Rajo from FC Emin. Uh, not exactly sure where FC Emin is, but if you wanted a center back, man, I hope someone trades for Wyatt Olmsberg because I would love to see him get starting minutes in MLS. Uh, FC Emin is uh, a Dutch team, so bringing a Peruvian over from the Netherlands there, from FC Emin, Timbers, shoring things up along the back line. Real Salt Lake signed Colombian midfielder Nelson Palacio. As we know, the Chicago Fire have acquired Usmane Dumbia from FC Lugano on a short-term DP loan. Uh, New England have added Argentine winger Tomas Chancale. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Sorry, Tomas. So New England uh, buys out Josie Altidore and then brings in 
a new Argentine winger. So they're looking to add offense. And then Minnesota United, this was kind of the big name signing, uh, signed DP forward Timu Puki. If you have followed English soccer at all, you know Timu Puki has spent large chunk of his career with Norwich City going up and down between the Premier League and the championship. He is Finland's all-time leading scorer. Um, and again, spent five seasons with uh, Norwich City. So it'll be it'll be great to have them. And, and what's interesting to for Adrian Heath, Minnesota United's head coach, he says, I feel as though we've gotten that goal scorer we have been craving ever since Christian Ramirez left. He's a gold standard proven goal scorer. So that, I mean, that that's something to say that they have been trying to replace Christian Ramirez for the last several seasons as now Christian Ramirez has ended up with Columbus after bouncing around MLS and Scotland for a bit. So uh, for, for Adrian Heath to say that, it bodes well for, for Minnesota fans and team of Pookie here. And then real quick as well, Orlando City get a loan extension for Ivan Angulo. Uh, we expect him to impact this game against Chicago. And Charlotte FC signed midfielder Scott Arfield after he leaves uh, Rangers. So a lot of movement going on around the league. A lot of new players coming in. A lot of teams really trying to bolster themselves uh, for a playoff run, secure their, their seating. Uh, their position in the table, or a team like Chicago who's just trying to play respectable to the end of the season. Whether or not they do that remains to be determined, to be seen here. A couple matches to watch throughout the league. The big one, the first one on the schedule according to MLSsoccer.com, is FC Cincinnati, the top team in the Eastern Conference, hosting the New England Revolution, the number two team in the Eastern Conference. So this is a big game. Uh, I don't know if it's going to have seeding implications just because FC Cincinnati is like six, eight points ahead of New England at this point. But it could, at the very least, it could be one of those mental games where if these two teams meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, they're going to be able to look back at this game and say, this is what went right for us. This is how we can win it. And this is, we, we know we've beaten or played well against this opponent. So this game has implications beyond just today's match. Two of the best teams, great players. This is a definitely a much must-watch game unless you're supporting your own home team. The other game I kind of want to watch is Toronto hosting Real Salt Lake. This is their first game after firing manager Bob Bradley and sporting director Bob Bradley. Uh, so we'll see what TFC does if they can just play a little more free, if they can go out and enjoy themselves. But RSL is a team who is looking to maintain their position in the playoff standings here and who's been playing well those last few matches, getting a lot of good contributions from Diego Luna. So this is going to be a real interesting game. If TFC can come out and play respectively, maybe earn a point here after their manager gets fired and they can feel better about themselves as a locker room and as a team, it, it could really help TFC to at least – Find something to build on for next season. I think this season is a wash for them, as I'm just about ready to say for the Chicago Fire too. Uh, but if they play well after their firing, if their big names like Insigne, Bernardeschi can can somehow find a little bit of that joy that they had when they first came to Toronto, this could turn things around, at least from a mental standpoint, a moral standpoint for TFC. Last game I'm watching, San Jose versus LA Galaxy. Not only is this one of the original rivalries 
in MLS, the Cali Classico. But you have a San Jose team who is actually, I want to say in sixth place right now on the table, who is looking good in the Western Conference, who is finding some confidence, who is is, finally crawled out of kind of the basement of the MLS table against their traditional rival, the Galaxy. It's almost like the roles have reversed here. And while at San Jose is not at the top of the table, like the Galaxy had found themselves during these rivalry games in the past, um, the Galaxy are absolutely struggling right now. And and I would bet San Jose look to really take advantage uh, of their struggling rival, especially being at San Jose. So that one could have some goals to it. That one could have some fireworks. If you're going to be up late tonight, make sure you're watching that one. And with that, we're going to close out tonight's episode. Thank you to everyone who has viewed, listened, clicked, who shared it. Please forward the show on to your friends, forward the show on to all your soccer colleagues. Let's keep the conversation around Major League Soccer and around the Chicago Fire. Keep it growing. And always follow along on social. Email me, glasshousesoccer at gmail.com. And with that, enjoy all the matches. Let's go fire.